God bless you. This is G. Craig Lewis with EX Ministries on another XCAST podcast for exministries.com where we give you the truth uncut, unedited, just to build and uh, uh, forward the uh, kingdom of God in the earth and the body of Christ, uh, be a blessing to the body of Christ as a whole. And today I have a very uh, special guest, a good friend of mine. I consider him a good friend, a uh, wonderful man of God from Flint, Michigan, Pastor Lonnie Brown. How are you doing today, Pastor? Man, I'm doing extremely well, and uh, it is good to be with you. You are also considered a very good friend, great friend. You're a powerful man of God, doing some exciting things in the body, brother, and it's just wonderful to be with you today. Well, it's good to be with you. It's always good to talk to you. I consider you one of those that I know that has uh, done research in the Word, and you know the Bible from cover to cover, which is something that uh, is, is commendable in this time when the Bible is kind of used as uh, uh, a prop <laughs> now <laughs> but for someone to actually know what it says about pretty much everything. I can appreciate that about you. And I wanted to bring you on today because I wanted to uh, spend this time and use it as an encouragement for the body of Christ. We're going through a serious, serious crisis in our economy. I uh, don't think it's going to get better uh, anytime soon as far as our economic situation because it's it's been a long time brewing. So it's nothing that I don't believe could be healed overnight. But I, I do want to uh, uh, talk to you about it and, you know, you can maybe give us some insight. What, what do you really think is going on in our economy in America? Well, you know, to put it in just a, a lot, the most blunt way that I possibly can, it's a mess. Mess. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that God wants to uh, get us out of this thing, particularly those of us that are in the house of faith. Mm-hmm. We didn't create this problem uh, directly. Indirectly, I think we did because we haven't done what the Bible tells us. We pray for them that are in authority. Right, right. And uh, as we begin to do that and pray for them, then we get a little more sensitive about the choices we make from a political standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we are not sensitive to that, then we just put people in position that are uh, either have some kind of affinity with us from a cultural standpoint, a gender standpoint, or a geographical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that these choices that we make, we live with them four years, six years, sometimes for a hundred years, mm-hmm. uh, because they make decisions. Yes, sir. And, uh, and what we're living with right now is a result of some decisions that was made to um, produce currency without the support of the reserves to uphold it. And that, that classically is, is, is what a recession is. Uh, we just we just don't have the the, the, the reserves to support what we're printing uh, printing with the paper, hmm. and uh, the problem with, with with that is it comes back to the church uh, evangelist Craig. You, you know, uh, you travel around, so now we've got these deficits in pulpits and and uh, on Monday mornings after Sunday has has happened, uh, men men and women of God just aren't having enough uh, resources. Mm-hmm. do what they need to do on a consistent basis. And then the fear grabs them. They don't want to talk to the people about giving because they assume that the people don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And now the uh, expansion of the kingdom of God 
has been hamstringed uh, because of the economic situation, the uh, over-concern of the pastors, fear for the people not having the resources, and the people's fear watching the news and the media for giving, and then they won't respond. And now we got a, a, a major problem because if morality cannot be presented to a nation that's slowly going down the tubes in an immoral vacuum, uh, we're going to have a worse problem than we have right now. Hmm. Yeah, that and, and, and that's serious stuff. Now, when do you think this problem really, really occurred? I mean, because, you know, we're up against another election, and I think people may need to consider some of these things uh, according to this. I mean, in, in lieu of this new election, uh, where, where you feel this uh, deficit started. Now, when, when do you believe was the beginning of this thing? Well, you know, we was warned by uh, the uh, the chief economist at that time, Alan Greenspan, uh, that when we were considering that we were flowing in this real high, high, high time uh, under uh, uh, eight years prior to, well, seven years now or so prior to past, uh, President Bush coming in office. Uh, and let me just say this, too. I'm not one of those one of those guys who's locked into some kind of party, so I want to start attacking somebody and saying that this man is better than that man. I think it, they, they all are probably very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, without some God guidance on them, uh, we, you know, you're going to get what you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been deluded and deceived into believing just about everything the media in Washington throws at us. And without any investigation or research, uh, it, it, you know, you can blame somebody when somebody else, in fact, was responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the height of uh, the Clinton administration, for instance, when uh, things were, were looking real good. I mean, you know, and everybody call, calls him one of the greatest presidents ever in the United States. And I, I don't know whether that's true or not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things, however, is very apparent now is that we were in a challenge uh, economically that has unfolded itself in the last seven years. Uh, now, you couple that with uh, $10 billion a month being spent on the war and uh, and already suffering from this economic crunch, Mr. Greenspan was trying to tell us that we're spending more than we have reserves for. And uh, now this, paid. this was during the Clinton administration when he said this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, not at the very beginning of it. Some point in that, during that time, he was warning the people. You know, hey, we we're we're headed for something here, and now we're in it. Now we're in it. So it's easy for us to blame uh, Clinton or Bush or uh, and, and you know whoever is re- in leadership is ultimately responsible. I mean, you rise and fall with leadership. If leadership is doing something great, then they get accolades. If they're not, they get hit. Mm-hmm. It, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. So again, this is not to castigate any anybody, but uh, under somebody's watch, this stuff happened, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've got to look at now what we can do to get out of it. And as the people of God, we do have some options. Yes, sir. Looking at the stock market, that's not doing all that well. At least ours, NISAC, and uh, well, the, the foreign market might be doing good, but you need to know something about investing in that, right? You just don't want to pick up the phone and say, "I want to put a hundred thousand dollars in." And Chinese rice or something, you know, this mm-hmm. you, you're going to lose your shirt. Yes, sir. Uh, but there are some things that we can do here in, a, in the home front. Uh, there is some still real, there's some real value in some stuff that we've got right here under our feet, land. Mm-hmm. 
And we've got to learn how to cultivate where we are to uh, offset the awful deficits that we see. We've got to get an entrepreneurial attitude and, and a spirit uh, that really gave birth uh, to this nation, the free enterprise experience, and not be fearful and get as much information as you possibly can. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and then operate in faith and move out and then bring some offering to the house of God. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised, uh, uh, G. Craig, what, let's say you got a congregation of about 200 people. Uh, let's just use some figures that we can work with real quickly here. If, if those 200 people would come and give a $20 offering, that would be $4,000. Uh, and that's a very small church. That's not a large church. But, you know, this exponentially can be multiplied out in many other ways, mm-hmm. depending on the size of the congregation. Mm-hmm. That's just the offering. Now, and, uh, of course, then people have tithing. You could really sustain through this crisis on, some, on a very minimum budget, just really cutting stuff back, don't get elaborate. Uh, we really just got to do what we got to do during this crunch uh, to maintain a level of, of excellence at the resources that are available to us mm-hmm. and operate with some wisdom. Uh, you know, and, and pastors are going to have to start, you know, looking at things from a realistic standpoint. I, I'm not a poverty oath kind of guy. I believe in prosperity. But you don't need to be driving a Cadillac if your congregation has got a Mustang uh, pocketbook. Right. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, but we sir. just really have to put stuff in perspective and show the congregation some self-control uh, while you guys pull up out of this hole. Mm-hmm. I'm not in opposition. You get in that Cadillac, but don't do it at the expense of kingdom expansion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We just really got to look at what we can do right now in these difficult times to get back to where God wants us to be. And at the same time, preach faith. Mm-hmm. Teach the people that trusting God is the only way out of this thing. Yes, sir. An offering of $20 can go a real long way with 200 people. And then as, as God begins to bring an increase to them, then we increase that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't stay at the, at the place where God has promoted you from. You know, if you, you got 20 now and, and you got your bills and everything in place and you see that you got a surplus, then you want to trust God more. Add 20 more to that offering. Mm-hmm. God will take you where your faith can carry you. Yes, sir. Now, and one thing I, I think people, and I was talking to you about this yesterday, but I, I think a lot of times people get fearful when they have followed, I guess, ministries that have promoted money and, you know, flourishing and prosperity if you give to them and really, I want to say, perverted the whole prosperity message because there is a strong prosperity message in, in uh, biblically and in the lives of the believer uh, because I mean I believe in prosperity I believe in my own prosperity through God and God has taken good care of me you and others I know but I think a lot of times when they've heard it the wrong way for so long and then the economy does what it's doing and people start losing their jobs and losing their shirts to this economy People get fearful because they've heard the one sidedness of that prosperity message and they've seen the scriptures exploited uh, one way. And so once they start seeing their own finances failing, maybe uh, they get afraid. And I've talked to a lot of pastors here in 
in, in, in America that are, are pastoring and they're saying that their people are tightening up and they're getting afraid because they've been watching these guys on TV just kind of, you know, pervert the prosperity message. And now they're feeling an economic crunch and that fear is coming. Now, what is a what are some scriptures that you could maybe share? And I know, you know, I'm right off the top of your head, but uh, maybe even some biblical uh, principles that are in the word as far as in a time like this, when the economy is not flourishing, God's people were still sustained. One comes to mind immediately, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, cast our bread on the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall uh, be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. He that observed the wind shall not sow, and he that regarded the clouds shall not reap. Hmm. Uh, this is a very powerful passage yes, of Scripture. Sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, the wind is, is kind of styled in, in the Scripture in many different ways. Uh, Holy Spirit, uh, in, in St. John chapter 3, and then Paul warns us not to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. Mm -hmm. There, you know, there are some winds that's blowing, man, in, in the earth right now in the in the church that's affecting the kingdom of God. And you you mentioned it, people who, without conscious, talk about financial success in the guise of prosperity. Prosperity is not the abundance of money. It is the ability of God to meet any need in the human condition. Mm -hmm. Now, you can have a bunch of money and have stage four cancer, and you ain't prospering. Right. <laughs> you can have a bunch of money, be on your third marriage, you're not in prosperity. Wow. You just got a bunch of money. Right. And see, the what the body of Christ has misunderstood prosperity to be the, uh, the uh, possession of money and material things. Now, don't misunderstand me. I know we got to have these things. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, that your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things before you ask. Mm -hmm. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Mm -hmm. So if I am pursuit, if in pursuit of these things, and that becomes the reason I give my offering, then I miss God. Yeah. I really miss God, and I don't trust him. Yes, sir. Now, I know, you know, and brother, you know as well as I do, you've done a lot of traveling. There is this law in the earth for uh, uh, opposite and, and equal uh, action and reaction, sowing and reaping. So I know that what I give, God is not ungrateful to return. Mm -hmm. So I want to activate that process when I give so that I don't have to stress that thing to you. What I really need to stress to you is that money must have a mission and prosperity must have a purpose. Mm -hmm. That we are in the earth today to put forth the message of the gospel of the kingdom of God. When we get away from that and get locked into this money thing, now we're hearing a wind. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said in, in verse 4. He that observed the wind shall not sow. So the wind didn't work for us. It wasn't a windfall like we thought it was. Mm -hmm. And then, I, and the other part that I, I believe that we're not hearing is that if we're going to follow that principle, then there's some other principles that support that principle that must be in that, in, you know, engaged too. Uh, you'd be surprised how I many Christians don't read their Bible. Mm -hmm. Except when they go to church on Sunday or Wednesday, whenever their midweek service is. Right. They're not studying to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth, but you must meditate in it 
day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Well, if it's not going to get out of my mouth, then it'll get in my heart. Mm -hmm. If I can't get this word locked into my heart, then I really don't believe what it says. So really what I'm doing is I'm playing a lotto with my offering. Wow. I don't believe God. I believe I'm going to hit. <laughs> and you know when you go to the you know you go to the casino you don't hit every time right that's right and god is not a gamble man this ain't no risk mm. god's a sure thing yes sir and he wants to answer all our prayers and we're not getting them answered because our heart ain't with him yes sir our heart and our head is in a system created by somebody that we thought was saying something we didn't really hear him clearly and maybe they didn't say it clearly I don't know. I know one thing. It's a mess. And a lot of people discouraged and disgruntled. I know one thing. God's system works. Yes, sir. If you tie into that system properly, it will produce what it said it would. There's no word from God void of power. Yes, sir. And, and, and you know, I want people to know even some background information on you. Uh, you're out in Flint, Michigan, which I think is probably one of the worst economic areas in America, if I'm not mistaken. Well, somebody said it is the worst. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we, were, we were voted uh, the least most likely city for anybody to want to move to. Wow. Wow. And I, I've been to your church several times. And, you know, the church, is, it's, it, it flourishes. And God blesses you guys. And I know it's because of the faith that you teach. And it's not, you know, the um, um, system of faith equaling money, more money that a lot of people have bought into but it is true faith and i think that is the word that is not being used enough in this economic crisis among the people of god it's faith i mean people have to know faith and you know i'm a i'm a i consider myself a specialty kind of ministry i come in and i do the true pine hip-hop uh we've changed direction a little bit in the last couple of years and made our focus more uh, the parents and, and, and really trying to build a strong foundation in the home and support system for parents so that they can essentially be the uh, youth pastors of the home and different things. So I don't get to preach the, the, the you know, the faith messages and different things, but I operate on it daily. And I believe God for everything that he's done and how he sustained our ministry even through this crisis. And I, I know that's what you preach. And I want you to just uh, 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 use this time right now to, to, to just give us um, some, some, some faith-based uh, ideas that, you know, that some of the people of God could maybe uh, begin to exercise during this time so that they don't, you know, lose, lose hope and, and concentrate totally on what the economy is doing. One of the things that's really got to uh, got to be had, I like this scripture in Romans chapter 1. You know, it's the simplicity of the truth of the gospel that really makes the difference. And sometimes I share this stuff when I travel, man, and people say, man, it can't be that simple. I'm telling you, yes, it is. I live in a higher place, man. It's this simple. Mm -hmm. If you just do this simple thing, it'll work. Mm -hmm. uh, Romans chapter 1. Uh, I really like what the apostle said there. Uh, for the invisible things... From from him, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power in God is, so that they are without excuse. And this is on the heels of a great revelation that he gave in reference to faith. He said, "For I am not ashamed." Verse sixteen of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation 
to everyone that believed, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now look at verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Even as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, brother, we know faith comes by hearing the same book, same author, and hearing by the word of God. How can they hear without a preaching? How can he preach except they be sent? Verse 8, that same chapter. But what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness, but with his mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we just back away and look at the foundation of the word of faith experience and how we've gotten away from that very basic principle to uh, all this other, these skyscrapers we're trying to build, mm -hmm. my ministry, uh, my, my purpose, my, my, my destiny, my level. Uh, we, we've gotten so trapped in the success thing that we have forgotten the humble thing. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what we got to do. We got to return back to our foundation. If the foundations are destroyed, then how can the righteous stand? We got to go back to a basic belief in God. How did I get saved? Salvation is called the great confession. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. And, uh, and the reality of salvation became a, a, a truth for me. Now, here's what the Apostle Paul said with that same notion in mind. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What's the power of God and the salvation? To everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What does that mean? Inside this principle, the process for me getting saved is the power of the principle of righteousness revealed. God had something in his heart concerning me. He said it out of his mouth. It became a reality in his world. Now, if I say out of my mouth and believe in my heart what God said concerning me, it'll be a reality in my world. So what I need to do then, like I did when I got saved, go to the word of God and find all of the scriptures that I possibly can dealing with. And I'm going to tell you what's really challenging for us right now, the absence of peace. We have lost it. God, I need my peace back. I need to operate in love. I need to forgive. There's so much hatred and, and uh, unforgiveness and bitterness in the body, man, until God can't move. Mm -hmm. He just simply cannot move. Ain't that he don't want to. He can. Right. So once I get back to the idea that I'm going to walk in love with folks and forgive them, even, you know, Brother, uh, Brother Greg, you got a powerful job. You're awaking this world and this nation to righteousness. And unfortunately, there's some people that don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so what happens now? People get into bitterness and strife with you, thinking they're, they're mad with you. But really, they're upset because this message is bringing conviction and some of them condemnation. Mm -hmm. And so now here I am. Let's say I'm in a church. I've heard your message and, uh, and I'm a giver. Now I've gotten into bitterness with you. I'm talking about you like a dog. And then I'm giving this offering thinking God is going to work. He's not. Hmm. That's confusion. He's not the author of it, and he won't work in it. So what I got to do, I got to bring myself back to this basic principle now. I got to go to God, and I got to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I got my mouth on the man of God. Forgive me. I, I don't even know why I did. Yes, I do. I was deceived. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. Uh, I don't understand what he's doing, but I tell you what. 
Uh, he saved. He loved God. And I'm not going to say anything negative or ugly about him. Uh, there's no scandal surrounding him. So God just forgive me. Now I've got my heart right with God. Now I'm open and ready for God to use that heart now that's ready to give to him so he can put some faith in it so I can get out of my mess. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same thing with your pastor in your local church if you're listening. And, you know, what, what are you saying about the man of God? What are you saying about the plan of God? What are you saying about the vision? Uh, <clears throat> two visions in a house is called division. Division. Mm -hmm. in, a, in a family. Division. Division. Husband, get a vision. Bring the children, the wife together. Y'all pray. God will do what he said he'll do. The basic thing is we got to get back to the basic principle. He said from faith to faith. This thing is revealed from faith to faith, from God's faith to my faith. The final authority that impossible things can happen for me. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe that when I get God's word in my heart and I put it in there and I meditate in it day and night. You know, Craig, I've just finished my 142nd time through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And I, I come across this every time I get through. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. He hasn't changed. Right. All we got to do is change our mind, get an agreement with him, and he'll work it out. Yes, sir. You know, that's that, that's very powerful. It just basically goes back to formula. You know, that's kind of where I am with what I'm teaching it's just the formula of it all. God wants us to prosper, even as our soul prospers. Like yeah. the uh, third epistle of John talks about. And that's pretty much what you're saying. It's the faith that carries us through salvation and the faith that brings us salvation and brings us Christ has to be the same faith that sustains us through this tough time. Absolutely. And if we're not operating in that faith through a tough time, then did we ever really have the faith? For salvation. And you know, brother, that is a, that's the crucible. See, and my, my take is, no, we didn't. People don't do in a crisis what they haven't done without a crisis. You ever <laughs> heard the statement people say, now we really need to pray? Well, what were you doing before? <laughs> right. My God, now we really need to believe God. What were you doing before? <laughs> Boy, this is serious. We better get serious with God. You was playing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's crazy, man. God ain't no toy. <laughs> you don't try God. You do God. You obey God. You submit to God. I believe that what I do when a crisis hit is the same thing I've been doing before the crisis hit. I don't shift gear. Mm-hmm. Man, I just stay the course. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Well, ain't nothing changed. I, I like what... uh. What, what uh, Ivy Hillier said, he said, that there, there are three things that are constant in every problem, in every calm situation. And the things that matter really don't change. God is still on the throne. Jesus is Lord. And the word still works. And if I lock into these three things, I am convinced beyond a shadow of all doubt that God will bring me out. Mm -hmm. Just get back to a basic element of truth here. I trust God. I don't care what happens. God has never lied. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's going to bring me out of this. Hmm. Well, that, that that's powerful. And the word is always powerful. And all these things have been noted, you know, in the word. It brings to mind uh, the scripture in First John about those that uh, went out from us and uh, they never really belonged to us because they didn't remain with us. 
And it just kind of reminds me of that in in these times. This is what separates the men from the boys, <laughs> uh, so to speak, or, you know, those that were really a part of the household of faith. Because in these times, those are the ones that will flourish because they don't give up on their faith. But they, Absolutely. you know, you, you mentioned the scripture. I, I forget what it was. Faith, but I think sowing in the land. Yes, sir. Sowing in the land. What was that scripture? That, that's, uh, that's Genesis, I believe it's chapter 26. Okay. Isaac had made a, uh, a departure down to a place called Gerar, and uh, and a famine hit. Mm-hmm. And and Isaac was smart enough to sow in the land. Uh, now, see, we, we give to the church, brother, sometimes, <laughs> uh, until we get the fear and then we stop. But mm-hmm. we're, what we're not doing is sowing in the land. Mm-hmm. And we've got to find some uh, some ventures in the land that will create for us an opportunity to prosper. Yes, sir. The, the Bible says in Genesis 26, verse 12, then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. But you got to understand in verse 1 it says, and there was a famine <laughs> in the land. Yes, sir. And because of the famine, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went into Abimelech, king of the Philistines and Gerar, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. And he sojourned and he obeyed God. See, I, I think that sometimes our view of difficult situations has interfered with our expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, if I think that, just a real quick story, there was a guy uh, who had this, factory, had this shoe factory. And uh, he, uh, he wanted to expand the market. So he sent, him to, sent one of the representatives, one of the top salesmen, to a third world country. And he got over there, got off the plane, and, and got to walking around and found the phone and got, got to the phone and told him, look, you might as well just abandon the thought. There ain't no point you coming over here to build no factory. There's absolutely nobody desiring to wear shoes. Nobody has them on. And so they, they kind of scrapped the plans and... Uh, but it never got out of the guy's mind. He just kind of toyed with it and kind of kicked it around. And one day, a stock boy, an aggressive guy, heard him talking about expansion. So this boy is looking to move himself up in the company. And he makes contact with one of the board members. He says, you know, I got an idea. And so, uh, you know, through the process of time, he gets to the uh, owner's office, manager's office, and he tells him, well, I, 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 I'm just ready. I, I want to make something happen. He said, well, we sent our top salesman over into this area. And uh, he came back with this report, and, and I just, I'm, I'm going to send you over there. Now, let's see what you can do. He got over there, got off the plane, got to run around, looking at the place, hurry up and got back to a phone and said, hey, send the contractors, send the bricks, send everything. Ain't nobody wearing shoes here. <laughs> so it's a matter of perspective. Yes, sir. It's a matter of perspective. Abraham, Isaac saw what everybody else saw, this land. But he saw in this land possibility not promise not my problem promise mm-hmm. you know we can go on with story after story after story the prophet came to a lady and she had just a little bit of oil and he said what you got in your house i ain't got nothing but a little bit of oil all right go borrow a vessel not a few there's there's that there's anointing on the little that you have to become much the little boy with the sack lunch mm-hmm. jesus took it when he broke it lifted it up blessed it he gave a lunch and he got 12 baskets full back i believe it's a matter of perspective, man. Mm-hmm. And we've got to look at the land where we are right now. I'm in Flint. And, you know, and 
most folks know about Flint. But you know what? This, this common here, this common here place is there's people mm-hmm. and there's land. And people go to the barbershop. They're still going to the store. They're still going to the gas station. There's some basic things that people need. I don't care where they are. Now, I could sit around and complain about not having or try to figure out a way to service these people. Mm-hmm. So if you get with God and get some wisdom, he'll give you some witty inventions and you just need to market it. Mm-hmm. And so in the land. So we're, we're, uh, we're doing some things here, man. Uh, real estate. We're buying up land, houses, and, you know, some people's house, they're losing my houses, foreclosures. They can't afford mortgage payments, but they can lease. Mm-hmm. So I give me some houses and I start leasing them, create a company to manage these houses or tie into somebody with a company so that I'm an investor, not a landlord. Nobody really wants to be a landlord right now at this time. Mm-hmm. Be an investor, hire a company to manage this stuff, give them 10% of what you got. 10% of what you got is better than zero of what you had, right. which was nothing. <laughs> right. And uh, and, you, and they take the burden and they manage that. So in the land, there's all kind of opportunities out there, and every land is different. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in Florida, whether you're in Alaska, uh, in the Midwest, in the West, in the East, it doesn't matter. Figure out with God what is needed there, and take a risk and sow. Mm-hmm. And that and, and that's what will really bless the body of Christ from uh, your your ability to create income and that's one thing i really love or one of the things i really love about your ministry and you as a person you always seek to empower the people it's never about you you know having and the people believing that you know what's gonna get on you is gonna flow on the get on the beard and get on everybody else it's it's never that principle where it's a slow run of the stuff on everybody else you know a lot of places you hear people preach that but you know they have the jet they have the big car they have all the things and then the the members are riding the bus but one thing you sought to do is empower the people because i mean what better way for your church and ministry to flourish than with flourishing people Oh, they got to, man. I mean, I've never understood that. Why wouldn't you want your people flourishing? Because they're only going to be good. They're going to be better givers, better supporters. And then you don't have to have a guilty conscience when you go to bed because you preached a one-sided sermon. (laughs) You know, so I appreciate that about you. And I hope people are listening uh, to you in this because that is very important. This is the time right now not to be afraid. This is the time to advance the kingdom of God. You know, people, I watch this and then I'll, I'll close in just a second. But I watched the Republican National Convention and uh, I watched the Democratic National Convention. And, you know, I watch everything, read everything just so I know what's going on. But I watched as the speeches were made by Sarah Palin and the speeches were made by Barack Obama and uh, McCain, different ones. People would get teary eyed pastor and they would literally sit there with tears running from their eyes at just a a hope for hope yeah i mean hope for change they would sit there when barack obama was giving his speech people were just in tears and just you could see they were so passionate and to me the the candidates all the candidates were just saying what all candidates always say but it was affecting people differently this time than it did eight years ago because people are looking for hope. They want some hope. So right now, when people are open for that hope and that change, that change is not in a presidential candidate. 
the change Amen. they really need is in the word of God. It's in the kingdom of God. And so right now is the time for us as the people of God to advance the kingdom and show them real hope. Amen. Amen. Brother, I, I don't think anybody could have summed it up the way you did. And, and we, just, we just want to leave it right there and not even mess with it. <laughs> hope, having optimistic, positive expectation consistently. Yes, sir. That's what God wants us to have. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you coming. I want you to do something, Pastor Brown. If you could just pray right now as we close this out for this nation and those that are hearing this X-Cast for their families, their financial situations that they won't, you know, break up over this or lose focus or lose hope in this time. Would you would you do that for me? Yes, sir. Father, I thank you in Jesus name. Lord, what a time we're living in right now. What an opportunity that's before the believers to take the land, to take a stand, Father, to resist fear, all that factual evidence attacking our righteousness, and to rise up and grab a hold of faith, Father. Final authority that impossible things can happen for us. Yes, Lord. And hold on to hope, Father, having optimistic, positive expectation consistently, yes, knowing that you who promised are able to perform. You're able, Father. Yes, God, we trust you in Jesus' name. I lift up the listeners wherever they are, in whatever geographical setting they're set in right now. My heart goes out to them, Father. I can feel the pain. Hallelujah. The torture of not having mm -hmm. God. But just remind them, show them, let them see and let them hear that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not a presidential campaign, not a, a candidate, not a slogan. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, yes. the ways ordained to regulate divine systems. Yes. Father, help your people understand that a coming back to you is a coming out of stuff. We've tried everything else. Yes. The reason we're despondent is because everything else failed. Yes, oh, God, we need to come back to you yes, today, Lord. right now. I call your people home yes, Lord. from wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Come back to God. Get in the Bible in Jesus' name. Believe this word. Father, I thank you that they're doing it in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. I appreciate you, Pastor Brown. I love you, your family, your ministry, and we'll continue to uh, uplift you in that area. And uh, the people of God, I just want to say uh, we're, we're, we're praying with you and believing God that during this time you will flourish. You won't lose a thing, but God will sustain you if you put your total trust in him. Amen. I appreciate you, man. We love you. We'll be talking to you soon. All right. All right. We'll be back with another X-Cast real soon. God bless you. <laughs>